0: Welcome to Leading Lights. You're about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church in Jersey. Right, let me start today by reading Matthew chapter 13 and verse 44. Jesus speaking and he said again, The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field which a man found and hid and for joy over it. He goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Do you remember about seven years ago, two men found a treasure in a field in Jersey on the east of the island. They haven't disclosed where because otherwise everyone would be rushing there and digging that field up. Do you remember the story? Two men, and did you know that they were digging and searching for 30 years to find that treasure? 30 years! Because somebody had said to the one man, a a girl had said, when I was a little girl, my dad, who was a farmer, gave me some coins that he found in the field, and this man thought, hmm, maybe there's treasure buried in that field, and for 30 years... Him and his friend went and dug and used a metal detector to try to find the treasure in the field. And when they found it in June of 2012, it was the biggest hoard of Celtic coins ever found. 70,000 coins and jewelry and gold and all sorts of things. They haven't valued it yet, but they think it's worth at least 10 million pounds, maybe more. And they haven't decided how much the men are going to get and how much the owner of the field is going to get. But for 30 years, they went and they looked, they searched. And the Bible says that the kingdom of heaven, this kind of thing that we're doing right now is like a man who realized there was a treasure in a field. He didn't own the field, but he wanted it. And so he went away and he sold everything he had and he bought the field just so that he could get the treasure. Who's the man? What's the field? What is the treasure? I want to tell you something amazing. The man is God. And the field, in our instance, is the beautiful island of Jersey. And the treasure is you. How is that for an amazing story? The Bible says that God looked at Jersey and he saw a field. Now, we look at Jersey, and I don't know about you, but I think it is the most beautiful little jewel in the middle of the sea. It is the most beautiful field. But God wasn't looking at the green fields or the finance buildings or the nice underpasses or the beautiful coastline. God was looking at the treasure, and it's you and me. And He said, I want that field. I want the treasure. There is something beautiful, special, and precious in that island of Jersey. And so God bought the field. And the Bible says that the man sold everything he had to buy the field. You say to me, why did God need to buy the field? Didn't God make the planet earth? Doesn't the Bible say God owns the cattle on a thousand hills and everything in the earth? Yes, but man had delegated authority over planet earth and he'd given it away to a, a shady dealer called Satan, and Satan was called the ruler of the world until Jesus came along. And so Jesus came and he bought it back. That's what the Bible calls redemption. It means buying something back from somebody who shouldn't own it. I've read a couple of stories of people in America who would go to slave auctions and spend huge amounts of money buying slaves Because they knew they shouldn't be slaves and then setting them free. That's what God did with you and me. And the field is the world and the island of Jersey. And God said, I'm going to pay with my own blood. Jesus is going to die and give every ounce of his life to buy this field back. Now, the good news is twofold. Number one, you are a treasure in God's eyes. You are worth so much. You say, what am I worth? I don't feel like I have any self-worth. I look in the mirror, I look at what other people say and do to me and I don't feel worthy. You are worth what someone is willing to pay for you and God was willing to pay his blood to buy you back. You are a treasure. You are precious to God. You are more precious than anything else on the earth. He saw a treasure hidden here and he said, I will buy the earth back by giving Jesus' life. That's the first piece of good news. You are a treasure. The second piece of good news is that Jersey belongs to Jesus now. (laughs) Jersey has been bought and paid for. Amen. Now, not everyone has realized that. You see, there are still some beautiful, valuable gold coins, but they don't look beautiful and valuable because they haven't realized that Jesus bought them. They're still hidden, covered with clods of earth and mud, underground. They just look like dirty mud and balls, but inside there's a treasure. And our job is to show them that Jesus bought them and there is a treasure inside of them. Amen. And so when we pray for Jersey, when we go out and we hand out leaflets like we have been doing this week, when we invite people to church, we don't do it apologetically like, oh, this is, we're trying to encroach on your space no no we do it enforcing the rightful ownership of God over this island we say we know who owns Jersey we just need to let a few people know about it now we serve the owner of this island Jesus amen the devil doesn't own Jersey and when we pray we pray with confidence and faith We declare, Jesus, your blood has paid the price for this island and for my relatives, for my friends, for my workmates, for my children, for everyone. Jesus, you've already paid the price. And then we pray with faith and we start to declare and claim what God has already bought. Amen? Amen. It's wonderful. I want to read you another parable in that same chapter of Matthew. Matthew 13 and verse 31. It says, another parable he put forth to them saying, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field. So he's bought the field because there's a treasure in it. How is he going to get the treasure out? He puts a mustard seed in there. Isn't that a, an unusual way of getting coins out of the ground? You see, the amazing thing about God is right at the start, he, he gave humans free will and he worked with them to say, you choose and I work and we work together and he's never changed that principle right up until now even though he's bought the field and he owns you he puts a mustard seed in the field and in you of his word and faith it's a tiny you know mustard seed is the smallest possible seed that the the people in the bible knew about it was the tiniest particle they knew about And it says the kingdom of heaven is like a man who put the tiniest particle in that field that he now owns and watched it grow because God put something in you. When you hear the word of God, like we're reading today, something happens and a little mustard seed is put in your heart. When you come to church, something happens. This little mustard seed of this new church in the waterfront area. You know, 30 years ago, this land that we're standing on now was under the sea. Did you know that? It's been reclaimed by humans. And we are the first church that I'm aware of that has ever met on this reclaimed land. We're a mustard seed. This little church is the start of something that is going to grow very, very big. Not for our glory, but for God's glory. Listen to what he says. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field, which indeed is the least of all the seeds. But when it is grown, it is greater than the herbs and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air come and nest in its branches. God's plan is to work with you and me, friends. Yes, unprofessional people, volunteers. We're not perfect at everything we do. We get a little mustard seed in us. And we try our best and we worship Jesus. And what happens is that word and that faith grows within us. This group, this church grows until it becomes something big and beautiful that provides shelter and shade and protection and community. You know what I love about a tree? It's it's got its roots going underground, yes. But when I look at a tree, especially the silhouette of a tree against the sky, it looks like all the branches are reaching up to heaven to try and touch heaven. Have you ever noticed that? It's like the branches are reaching up. God, we want you. Heaven, we love you. It's like they're reaching up to heaven and they branch off into little twigs and little branches and the leaves. And something that started as a mustard seed becomes something so huge, but it's still made up of little groups of twigs and branches and leaves, and it grows up. And that is such a beautiful picture of a church. We start small. I've been fortunate enough to be part of so many church plants, and they all start small and vulnerable, but they grow to something that provides shelter and strength until there's a trunk in the middle that is immovable until there's branches that reach out and make a place of rest and shelter for so many types of people. And and you just get people flocking and congregating and you look around, you say, how did this happen? We didn't plan this, but God's mustard seed grows into something that produces life and community, and relationships form. and you're sitting on a branch of this, of this beautiful big tree, and you're sitting next to someone who you would never normally talk to in normal life if it wasn't for God, and you say, wow, you're a different type of person to me, and you realize you have God in common, and as you're sitting there, and you're talking, and you're sharing with other people who are sitting on the branch, pretty soon you realize, I've become part of this branch, and I'm sprouting fruit. And I am the tree. And I look around me and I see other people and they have become part of the tree. And we realize after a period of time, maybe even decades, we look back and we say, look what God has done through me, an average person, an ordinary person who had no professional training. But look, this, this life, the this sap of life is flowing through us and we have become a tree that produces life. Two more scriptures. The next one is 1 Corinthians 3 verse 6. Paul is speaking. He says, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gives the increase. So then, neither he who plants is anything, nor he who waters, but God who gives the increase. Now, he who plants and he who waters are one. They are together in unity and each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. Isn't that amazing? That even though we are just doing what God has given us the ability to do, we can, can't boast about anything we've done for the Lord, and yet he gives us a reward for it. It's amazing. The gifts that I'm using, the time that I'm using, the money that I'm using, the everything that I'm using, he gave me, I, I don't have any right to boast about it, and yet he gives me a reward for using it. Isn't he kind? When we serve in the kingdom of God, when we build his church together from a little mustard seed to something big, we get a reward. Paul says, each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor for we are God's fellow workers. A miraculous statement. God doesn't need fellow workers. God is strong. He doesn't need fellow workers to do anything, but he chooses to bring us alongside. He says, come sound men let me use your talents with skills with wires and sound levels and let me use you to be a little part of a tree that's going to provide shelter for many and we become his fellow workers a miraculous thing miraculous and then it says you are god's field you are god's building can you see this common theme going through here there's a field there's a seed And at the end of the day, this says, yes, people are involved. Yes, it has our fingerprints on it. Yes, it has our way of speaking and thinking and personality. Yes, a church has human personalities. But actually, behind the scene, it's God who does everything. He gives the increase. We plant or water, but we're nothing actually. It's all God. And yet, He calls us fellow workers and He gives us rewards. So you may have walked in here today and you may say, what is, what is going on here? What is this all about? What, what are these people doing? This is what we're doing. We're just normal people who stumbled on a God who saw us as a treasure And suddenly we got the idea that maybe we can be his fellow workers in this field. And there are other treasures out there. We're trying to reach out to them. And he put a mustard seed in us. And then he made us a mustard seed. And we are working with him to produce a beautiful big planting, a tree that will provide life to many, many others. Last scripture, Psalm 92. How many of us here are over? Let's see. 55. Not that many, a few. 65. Yes. 75. Wow. 85. (laughs) Listen to this. The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. This is Psalm 92. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. The cedars were these huge, big, beautiful trees in Lebanon, well-known all over the world. It says the righteous, that's you, because God calls us righteous, even though we don't think we are. He calls us righteous because we believe in Him. He washes us in His blood. He forgives us. He says, you are righteous. He puts a, a label on you. He says, righteous person. You say, I'm not. He says, you are. The righteous shall flourish Like a palm tree, grow like a cedar. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing. You see, the amazing thing about this planting of God. This work we're trying to do for the Lord is it doesn't obey the normal laws of biology and physics and science. It doesn't matter how old you are. You can still be as productive as ever in the kingdom of God. It doesn't matter how poor you are, how oppressed you are, how lacking you are in education, how inexperienced you are. Whatever you put yourself in God's hands, he says, I plant you and you become the planting of the Lord and you flourish even in your old age. Even in old age, they are fresh and flourishing. I've been blessed in church ministry to have some conversations with some people who are elderly. Some very old. Nobody here is very old, but I've met some very old people. And I've been amazed at the life, the vibrancy, the, the absolutely living relationship they're having with God even at an old age. And you just spend a few minutes with them. Their body looks old and tired, but their spirit is full of life. And there is wisdom and and grace that comes out of them. I've had some conversations with other old people and they're so old, they don't care to put on a nice personality anymore. They just they just say whatever comes into their heads. And sometimes it's refreshing, but sometimes it's a little bit sad because you see, actually, they're not happy people. They're not, they've spent all this time on this planet, and at the end of it, they're bitter and they're sad. But those who are planted in the house of the Lord. You know, we are so fortunate. Our church here is a planting out of another church, and there are people who volunteer. They, they don't want any glory or credit. They don't want their name up on a board. They come early, they serve, they, it's amazing to me. A few months ago, a man who was homeless came into our church, and he had nothing, and he was poor, and he was hungry, and two ladies in our church, actually, they had met him on the street and invited him to church. And after church, they got him some food. They helped him. They gave him some money. They cleaned him up. And then when he left, he, he was so dirty that the chair that he was sitting on was just filthy. It almost had to be thrown away because it was so dirty. And these people just sacrificially loved this man for no gain For no fame, for no money, for no reward, they just were pouring out the love of God. They were planted in the house of the Lord. They said, I was buried in a field. God found me as a treasure. I'm going to pass this on and see a treasure in a man that nobody else sees any good in. And they loved him and they showed him the love of Christ. They were planted in the house of the Lord and just growing this tree that provides shelter. And I didn't say it to them on that day, but I was just so proud of them because that's what church is about. It's not about a a flashy guy at the front doing everything. As you can see, we don't have a flashy guy. (laughs) Adam's flashy. I'm not flashy. Adam's been struck by lightning twice and lived. That's flashy. (laughs) Ask him to tell you his story one day. But I just want to say thank you for being here today because this is an historical day. It may not get written up much in the history books of planet Earth, but I want to tell you in the books of heaven, this is an historic day. This is the day that a new seed, a mustard seed, was planted in a new field, waterfront. This is a day that some people stumbled in and realized I'm a treasure and there's a treasure here because there's a flip side to the parable. Not only does God see a field and see a treasure, we stumble on the field of God And we see a treasure in that field, which is God himself. And we say, I'm willing to lay down everything, my life, to buy this, to be part of this thing. It works both ways. And today that is going to happen in some of our lives. And it is historic. Remember this date, the 6th of October, 2019. In 10 years and 20 years time, we're going to look back on this and some of us will say, I was there. And when we get to heaven, we're going to see all the ways, the branches and the leaves spread out and the number of lives that were touched and the people who were rescued from being muddy and dirty in a field and became treasures for our God. The amazing thing about a tree, have you ever thought about it, how the seeds The seed takes root and it grows and then it produces fruit. But each of those fruit now has multitude of seeds that can make more trees. Have you thought about that? My good friend Phil is here in our congregation today. And he often reminds me that a tree does not grow to an unlimited size. It's got a limit to how big it can grow, but then it must reproduce. And it's the same with churches. God has designed it. That we grow to a size and then we give away the seeds to someone else, somewhere else. And a new field opens up. And we're going to look at the worldwide field because it's important for us never to become too inward focused. We always got to look out. Amen? Amen. So I'm going to pray. Thank you, God. Thank you that you saw us in the field, Lord. Thank you that you didn't leave us buried in the mud but you bought the field and you bought us and you put that mustard seed of faith in us and you produced life in us. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you so much, Lord. And Lord, I thank you for this waterfront area and our beautiful island of Jersey, that Lord, you have bought it, that you own it, and that Lord, you have a plan to grow something beautiful in this place. We pray for those in the flats and the apartments and the houses and the buildings around us. Even now, Lord, people who maybe don't even realize they need you. We pray, God, that your love would spread out and reach them and touch them and draw them in. We pray, Lord, that you would use us to be open, welcoming arms, a smiling face, a loving shoulder for them to rest on, to to bring your love to them. And we pray, Lord, that they would find shelter in this tree of ours, in this place. And God, we declare, we prophesy in advance that this is the planting of the Lord. That this will become like a cedar of Lebanon, a huge and fruitful tree that produces much shelter and life, but also produces seeds that produces more trees. And we declare it and we thank you for your protection on us. I thank you for your reward and your blessing on everyone who gives so much to this church and works so hard. I thank you, God, for amazing blessing from you in Jesus name. Amen. Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com for more resources and subscribe to our podcasts on iTunes. And please consider supporting this ministry financially by making a donation on the giving page of leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.